Welcome to Corestruction, the podcast of the Tulsa District U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Today I'm at Eufaula Dam in, I guess this is southeastern Oklahoma technically, or how do you define this area of Oklahoma? Is it eastern Oklahoma, mid-eastern? Uh, eastern Oklahoma for the most part. You could call it southeastern because we're south of I-40. There you go. Uh, I'm here with Johnny Bray. Johnny Bray just celebrated his 40th year of service to the Corps of Engineers and uh, was awarded the DeFleury, which is the highest medal you can get as a civilian with the Corps of Engineers. Um, and Johnny is going to retire at the end of this calendar year. So uh, we just had his retirement ceremony, and um, that was amazing. Uh, thank you for, for having me here, Johnny, to to talk to you about your years of service. You're welcome, and I'm, I'm glad to have you here as well. Um, so one thing I noticed, I'm just going to, uh, because I, I wrote you some questions out and sent them to you, but one thing I noticed, I want to get right down to the retirement ceremony, is how many people you had here. Um, and I think that says a lot um, about you as a person, because there were people from all over that showed up for your retirement ceremony. And um, I've been to a lot of retirement ceremonies and very few. Now, I know you did make your famous brisket. <laughs> so we can, we, can, we can try to say that, the, that food brought them in, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was all about you. Now, how does that make you feel knowing so many people showed up? Oh, I, w- I was in awe. I, it was just an awesome celebration. Um, yes, I, I made the comment I didn't know there was that many people wanted to come and see me leave. But uh, yeah, yes, I was, I was just uh, shocked that uh, had that many people show up. And, and I, uh, I really appreciate folks taking time out of their, their day and their week to, to come and, and celebrate uh, my career. And, and uh, I really appreciate it. Johnny, what, so let's talk about what you do right now um, for the next rest of the calendar year, at least. What, what, what does your job entail here at the powerhouse at Eufaula Dam? Okay, so I am, I am the maintenance supervisor here at, at Eufaula. Uh, recently uh, had a name change or a title change from power plant specialist to maintenance supervisor, but uh, it was just a name change. Uh, duties are still the same. So I manage the operations and maintenance of the power plant here, uh, the power plant uh, as well as the flood control dam structure, if you will, um, so I manage a crew of uh, five to six folks. Uh, we have two, um, two electricians, a senior electrician and a journeyman or a electrician. And I have a uh, mechanical crew of three, which consists of a senior mechanic and, and two journeyman mechanics. And they, uh, they do the day-to-day maintenance uh, of the power plant and the spillway structure, as well as uh, all of the breakdown uh, jobs and maintenance. How many uh, how many watts can can the the dam generate here? So, the power plant has three uh, main units. They are each thirty megawatt units for a total plant capacity of ninety megawatts. And it. Uh, 
while the electricians and the, uh, I mean, even the mechanical guys and the electricians, they they do a lot of overlap, don't they, in terms of their work? Oh yeah. Thing? With a with a with the small crews that we have, uh, you know, we we always say that we're understaffed, uh, but that's that's the way it's been um, since day one in the in these power plants. Uh, but with a small staff that we have, sometimes the major jobs uh, require that both uh, both crews work on the same project. So you, it's not surprising to see uh, all five crew members plus myself working on one repair job. What's the uh, the dirtiest job that you guys have here? Oh, probably uh, cleaning sumps. Um, uh, oil, whether it be oil sumps or uh, drainage sumps is probably the, the nastiest jobs the, uh, to get the dirtiest in. And, of course, we have a, uh, we have a sewage system as well, so I don't, I don't have to tell you what that might involve. <laughs> I won't bring back any of those memories because you started out. You started out at Weber's Falls, right? I did, and and you went through that. Was it a was it the similar journeyman program that you have, where you, yes. you basically mm-hmm. you have a certain amount of time to complete testing and 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 learning, um, and then you were at Dennis and Dam yes, on the I Red was. River for for a few years, right? Yes. Before coming back to basically the a few miles from where you grew up, right? Exactly. I uh, I started out at Weber's Falls Powerhouse, and they. They were undergoing a repair project there at that time in, in 1982, replacing uh, the main shaft on all three units at that time. I spent two years there, and most of that uh, time involved uh, welding and grinding uh, on uh, unit uh, parts uh, to get ready to put that those units back together. Um, and then after two years there, I went to Denison, uh, Texoma, uh, completed my training program there, which is a four-year training program, and uh, became a journeyman mechanic during my time there. Um, I spent four years total there at Denison and then uh, was fortunate enough to get transferred back to Eufaula. Uh, when I say back, it... it it was back home for me. Uh, I live local here, uh, just a few miles from Eufaula Dam. Uh, never thought I would be able to work right here at home where I was raised. Uh, so I've been really fortunate for my career is to, to be able to work uh, so close to home where I was raised and, and raised my family uh, at, in the local school system where, where I went to school. And a lot of your employees here, they're they're relatively local, if not from maybe Eufaula. They're from typically around Oklahoma or Arkansas area, pretty close by, right? Right. So uh, we've, we're really blessed. The, these powerhouse folks, uh, for the most part, they get, to, they get to work in an exciting environment, a really neat job, and, and get to live close to home. Uh, yeah, we're, we're really blessed with that. Do you think there's a... a what do you think the biggest misunderstanding is about hydropower in terms of, of, of what people think versus what actually goes goes on with it? Well, you would be surprised what uh, the general public uh, believes about a powerhouse. They'll, all they see is a, a big concrete building and think it's 
just that, a big concrete building. Uh, there is so much more involved once you come through the door of a powerhouse. There's so much uh, equipment, not only main equipment, generating equipment, flood control equipment. Uh, there's so much auxiliary equipment that's involved in, in the operations of that major equipment. Uh, they, they just, the general public don't realize how much uh, is involved inside a power plant. Yeah, there's, I mean, like, I mean, a lot of people believe that we decide that we're going to just generate power and mm-hmm. to, to, for better or worse, I mean, that's really another level of decision making that goes on, correct? We, we, we turn the switch for them. I mean, maintain the equipment, but right. it's kind of a swap a decision, right? Right, right. And, and, and I might back up, you know, these, uh, these dams were built uh, for flood control. You know, that was the primary purpose of, flood, of these uh, was for flood control. Um, but naturally, uh, some of these lakes um, are able to support uh, hydropower generation. And so not only is the flood control a multi-department uh, uh, organization, it takes, it takes uh, our H&H to, to uh, evaluate flows and to determine uh, the best uh, plan for releases uh, that that's likewise with hydropower you know we we've got southwest power um, that manages uh, the electrical generation for all of the core projects in Tulsa district and Little Rock and, and Fort Worth and uh, so it's it, there's several departments uh, involved in that process so what do you in the 40 years since you started out versus here we are today in 2022 um what what do you think is the biggest change that you've seen Mm, probably obviously would be technology um you know when i started at weber's falls our we, we do a daily operations report, which uh, calculates um, not only the generation that we put out, but also the flows, uh, the water coming into our reservoirs, the water going out our reservoirs and down the, down the stream. Um, so that, when I started, that was all done with a, uh, a sheet of paper, a pen, and a calculator. And uh, now it's uh, pretty much a, an automated program, and it's just a few mouse clicks, and uh, it, it does itself, basically. So that's, that's one thing um, that's, that's really changed. And, uh, you know, when I said the training program, um, <clears throat> I started in a four-year training program, and we've had so much success with that that we still do a four-year training program. Uh, so that's something that really hasn't changed uh, in my 40 years. But the, the biggest change would probably be the uh, technology and the automation of several operations programs. Yeah, you guys, were, were, you st- were you punching a clock for time cards back in the day? or No, we've never so much had a time clock, but our, our original... Uh, Timesheets when I started 40 years ago were handwritten. We we now we had charge codes 
on a spreadsheet. Um, and then we just write down our hours, um, different hours for the day. And so that's, that's a lot different now. Of course, it's been more automated. Right. What, uh, why did you decide 40 versus 35 to, to retire when you, were, when you were coming up on that decision? Well, I was fortunate to, to start really early. Um, I was 19 um, when I started at Weber's Falls. Um, so to get my 40 years in, you know, I was still going to be uh, relatively young, 59. Um, and I'm fortunate now to uh, have reached my 40 years and, and be in good health. Uh, just be able to spend more time with the family while I'm still healthy, I guess. I, I, I feel like I could probably work 45 years and, and, and be healthy and at 45 years, but uh, it's just a goal I had set uh, is, is getting 40 years in, and here I am, and, and I'm healthy, and um, I just I think it's just time to go. What are you going to do in your um... – in your retirement, do you have uh, plans to travel at all? Oh yes, oh yes. My wife and I, uh, we like to travel. Um, we will, we'll pull the fifth wheel and and do a little traveling with it. Uh, we will, we'll travel. Of course, without the fifth wheel, some we we like to travel. Um, I have a, I have a farm uh, that I uh, I raise cattle, and uh, I'll be doing that uh, most of my time. Who were the people when you started that you really looked up to that the that were the uh, – I know a lot of the, the people here, they look up to Johnny Bray. Um, who, who, were, who was the Johnny Bray of your era and why? <laughs> so I've had several. I've had several in 40 years um, that I really looked to uh, for guidance, and uh, they were really good about offering that guidance. Um, to name a couple, um, our test crew back when I started consisted of a couple of gentlemen, uh, Ellis Williams and Bill Johnson. They were, they were really um, good at what they did. They were dedicated to, uh, to, their, to what they did. They they essentially would go around and uh, to all eight power plants and and do the testing. Uh, a lot of the troubleshooting issues that uh, power plant folks needed assistance with, they they would do that. Um, they were just a couple of really quality gentlemen that uh, I enjoyed working with, and I learned a lot from those guys. Now s- since then, they you know they have retired, moved on. Another one um, that I've really looked up to in recent memory is Jeff Miller. He was an electrical engineer out of Tulsa, um, and he actually retired as a power plant specialist. Uh, he he knew his stuff. He was he was a top-notch quality uh, power plant uh, employee, and uh, I, I I admire him as well. Yeah, Jeff. Uh he was over at uh, Fort Gibson at the end, uh, right? Correct. And I remember interviewing him about the Rural Electrification Act. Uh-huh. He was taught. He talked that, and he knew he knew that thing really well. Um, uh-huh. And the history of hydropower and why the Corps has hydropower, uh, and and it it was um, 
in, in talking to him about that, it, it was really impressive just to to learn about how these 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 pieces of legislation played into basically the jobs that you all have. Correct. Yes. Yes. And and referring back to Jeff, he that's the kind of person he was. You know, he he would he would take something and learn every degree of it, and uh, so he would. Uh, he could he could pass on that knowledge to anybody that uh, needed it. Yeah, he was at your your retirement, and uh, it was good seeing him. I, I mistakenly yeah. called him Pete for some reason, <laughs> 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 but it was good to see him again. Uh, and I guess you guys are probably going to go hunting together or hang out a little bit. I'm sure in retirement. Well, Jeff and I we've we've been known to fish together some, <laughs> uh, and. Uh, there's a, another electrical engineer that left here several years ago and went to the Bureau. His name was Kerry McCalman. And uh, Jeff and Kerry and I, we have, we've, we've hunted together, we've fished together over the years and uh, hopefully be able to do some of that in the future together. So what in, is there one individual? Would you say that Jeff was the individual who had the greatest impact on you or...? Is there Probably in recent memory, but like I say, Jeff, uh, Jeff was more recent. Um, Ellis Williams and Bill Johnson, they, when I first started, they were, they were rock solid. Really? Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think it was about those guys that you, that made you want to listen to them? Well, they, they were very knowledgeable about hydropower. Um, there was really no, nothing that I recalled would stump those guys. Uh, if, if it was, if it was a tough, uh, tough troubleshooting, um, thing, they would, uh, you know, they were very good at troubleshooting and they would stay with it and, uh, get it figured out. And, and I just admired them for, for their, uh, persistent uh, desire to to do the right thing, and and I I uh, I learned a lot from those two guys. Now, in the forty years you've been here, you've been through droughts, you've been through floods. <laughs> there was a fifteen flood. There was I know there was some before fifteen. <laughs> there was a nineteen flood. Um, what flood would you say was probably at, at least as far as where you were located at the time was probably the biggest biggest impact on you so the, the 1990 flood was the most severe here at eufaula um it was the the first weekend first week of may um we i think our maximum discharge during that uh, flood was 240 40,000 cfs um and it was it was a really significant flood and uh the second, the second most severe flood at, at Eufaula was 2015, and uh, I think our maximum discharge for it was around 172,000 CFS. Uh, those are those are the two that stand out. Now we we have had some really high lake elevations uh, that we were able to uh, minimize the flooding downstream. Of course, all of all of those. Uh, minimize the flooding downstream, uh, even though you know the public sometimes don't see that. Uh, but those those two years, 1990 and 2015, were were the two that stand out here. What 
What's it like in the powerhouse when there's a, a major flood going on? Well, or at the you know at the dam and the powerhouse, I guess. You know, the, these structures are designed for that. Um, naturally, you're a little nervous uh, about the higher flows, uh, but they're designed for that. And and if you'll just uh, maintain your equipment and monitor the things that need monitored. Uh, we have a, you know, we have checklists uh, that are set up for, uh, for inspections during certain elevations. The, the higher the lake elevation, there's more things that we need to monitor and check on a, on a daily basis and even an hourly basis. Uh, so as, as long as you check those uh, boxes, you know, that, that you're supposed to monitor uh, everything's going to be fine, and and they, this this facility, this structure, uh, performed uh, just as it was supposed to in those those floods. Uh, now, um, we we say we 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 always talk about how you know the the structures were designed to do this and and that. Um, when you were saying that, you know, there's a little bit of concern about higher ele- uh, higher flows or elevations or whatever, or releases, mm-hmm. uh, I would imagine a lot of that is external, not necessarily with the structure itself, or or, or is it different? A <laughs> little like- bit, a little bit of both. I mean, I mean, yes, we, I mean, we monitor movement gauges inside uh, at different uh, parts of the structure. Just to make sure, you know, nothing's moving that's not supposed to be moving, and it's and it's not moving more than it's supposed to move. Right. So uh, there's there's some internal uh, and there's some external places that we have to evaluate. But um, like I say, we uh, the first one in '90, it was it was kind of all new to me. Right. Uh, I had only I had only been at this facility for a couple of years. Uh, so it was a little nerve-wracking on my part, but uh, I was a journeyman mechanic at the time, and and uh, just you know did my inspections as as I was supposed to, and and everything uh, everything worked out, and 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 I don't I don't see any reason why it won't work out in the future. These these facilities are are built rather well, and there been there's constant inspections and. Oh yeah, maintenance and um, like you were saying, as long as you're maintaining the equipment the way it needs to be maintained in the structure, you know it, it should it should be all right. But you've never felt like afraid, like being in the structure yourself, like oh my gosh, you know. Well, you know, sure, I was nervous uh, during that first ninety flood because things were moving uh, that I had never seen move before. <laughs> <laughs> but, but. Uh, you know, with our structural engineering department and uh, H&H, they, you know, they assured me that was normal. And uh, and it was uh, after I, you know, I learned later that that was normal to see that kind of movement. That's the way the structures are designed. And uh, so that, that kind of... Uh, uh, eased my fears i guess like a skyscraper bre- uh swaying in the right, wind right, right? Like well it's, it's supposed to do that you yeah know, to a these degree. structures do the same thing you yeah know, there's, there's some movement the the 15 flood uh so there's bridge work going on right now at eufaula and they're they're still at, at the dam uh um and they're still they're still doing that 
Um, and I think a lot of the road wear that was attributed was from 15 people were r- driving over the dam real slow watching the release. <laughs> well, somewhat correct. I mean, there was there was some uh, issues uh, with the the bridge deck uh, previous to that. Right. Not, that just typical uh, delamination of the concrete surface a little bit, you know, typical potholes in concrete. Uh, and, yes, when when we had the 15 flood, we had a, a large amount of traffic going across the bridge, and, and that, that just compounded the problem, maybe accelerated the deterioration of that deck somewhat. So, yes, you could you could relate that a little bit to the traffic from the 15 flood. We noticed we noticed a, a significant increase in the in the pothole activity <laughs> on that bridge deck after after the flood of 15. Oh, the What's what's more what's what makes you more nervous uh being in the in the structure during a flood, or being on the catwalk removing a log jam during a flood. <laughs> so, so you know, being a it, being the dam and the powerhouse during a flood uh, doesn't affect me much anymore. I I've seen it pretty much seen it all in forty years and know what to expect from this structure and and knows it, know it will uh, act uh, operate as normal, but. Um, you know the one thing we don't we don't this the thing on the catwalk as far as the the logs uh, we don't have log jams here on Ufala this relatively clean uh, lake as far as debris right uh, now naturally when the lake level goes up then you you get some floating debris in the lake that you normally don't see because it gets up in in uh, takes off docks. Right. It takes yeah, you end it up takes off the foam and the, the one thing that you have to watch and you have to be aware of when you're out on that catwalk is any of those uh, trees that might be floating in the lake when they when they get to the spillway um, so when you're spilling a large amount of water you get vortexes yeah. uh, whirlpools that mm-hmm. cre- that start there on the lakeside and those trees, when they float in there, they naturally will go down through the gate opening and get get uh, sucked down and into the le- the river. So, uh, what you've got to be aware of is those trees when they get to that vortex, they're going to stand on end and go down <laughs> vertical. So you got to be well aware of that. Don't want to get knocked off the catwalk by a tree limb. Oh wow! Yeah. Have you ever been hit by a tree limb? I have not. I have not, but I have seen those. I've seen those trees stand up and 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 come in contact with the catwalk. It does happen. Like big giant post oak down <laughs> yeah. there. Do, have you ever seen them get jammed in the gate underneath, or where? Well, obviously you wouldn't see that, but you. No, we've never had one really get stuck here. Uh, now you do hear them when they go through. They'll make contact with the gate, and they they make a. a <laughs> really bad noise when they when they go through but uh with the power of the water going through they yeah they don't get, them. they don't get hung up too often <laughs> yeah i would i've i've seen them at, at fort gibson during um i want to say during 19 and i saw them clear a log jam and mm-hmm. that was i i was standing there you know watching 
uh, photographing, videoing it, and I was I was nervous because it just, I mean, it's just, the water, it gets up to your, you know, it's it's like splashing all around you, and, and yeah, it's a pretty it's, impressive sight. It is, it is, and and how many gates are here at Eufaula? We have eleven tainter gates. Okay, eleven tainter gates, and. Uh, three hydropower units, correct, which can do about ninety. You said ninety megawatts, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, a little reference on that: our our units, our three units, um, each at normal normal head, normal lake elevation. Uh, these units will average about four thousand cfs. Now we we measure discharge in. CFH, which is cubic feet per second rather right. than gallons per second. So these units uh, at normal operation, 30 megawatts with normal head, average about 4,000 CFS discharge per unit. So with the three units, naturally, we have about 12,000 CFS uh, when they're operating at normal full capacity. And so that gives you a little bit of reference uh, when I said the flood back in '90 we discharged 240,000 CFS. Right. So that's 20 times basically what the three units normally put out. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, when, when, you have, uh, when you have certain elevations, does it impact the way or how much you can, you can generate? If the, if the elevation is really high, does that affect the units? It either? does somewhat. Um, <clears throat> the, the units are designed to offset that. They can... Uh, it might take a little wider uh, wicket gate opening mm -hmm. uh, as the head goes down. Uh, so naturally, when you're discharging more water, your river level comes up, which causes your head to go down. Right. So, uh, but we have never <clears throat> had an instance where we could not generate here uh, due to head. Oh, wow. So, you uh, Eufaula was completed in the dam was completed in what 64 4? 64 okay yes. now and you came to work in 82 and you were 19 you said yes so were you were a baby <laughs> yeah i was uh yeah when you follow was completed uh i was about one year old did you hear stories growing up about people working on the dam and oh and, yeah Oh yeah. Like I bet you probably grew up with people who said, "Oh yeah, my my dad or grandfather worked on that." Or, oh yeah. And I still hear that. You know, I hear uh folks tell me that their grandfather worked on it. And I and I've known some several personally that worked on it. And and it's really neat when you you talk to those guys and they talk about the construction and they describe where they were working on what area they were working on and you can you know working here you can relate to that oh yeah yeah i know where that's at what that <laughs> is so that, yeah that's a really neat conversations yeah i i uh I, yeah have you ever had anybody say yeah you know i i uh i tried to write like billy bub loves arlene or something in the in the concrete somewhere <laughs> no you've never I found think anything i, like I don't that. think i've heard that you've never no. found any concrete graffiti <laughs> from no. from from a worker from the past right no <laughs> See, people were so professional back then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Johnny, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to, to sit down and talk with me. I know um, it took me a while to get all my stuff set up here, but um, 
You got a really good studio set up actually in this office with yeah. the with the soundboards. Hey, I have a nice office. Yeah, and, and I've told I've told the guys lately while when I'm uh, going through the retirement process, trying to entice some of the younger guys to step up and and take my job. I I said not only do I have my own office, I have my own restroom, and I have my own floor in my powerhouse. I'm the only person on this floor, so. I've I've got it made. I don't I don't know why a guy would want to leave, but uh, uh, I think it's time. Uh, so what what's what day will be the last day that you officially drive out of out of those gates? So we work we work four tens uh, Monday through Thursday. So my last uh, official day, of course, will be the thirty first of December, which is on a Saturday. So that that Thursday. On the 29th of December will be my last day. Do you think you'll be more happy or more sad? Oh, I'm I'm sure it'll be a little of both. Uh, it's bittersweet. Um, you can't you can't do something uh, for 40 years that you love to do and 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 not be a little sad. Uh, but uh, I know what's on the other side. Uh, I'm excited to start a new chapter and and uh, spend more time with the the grandkids and the, and my kids and, and the wife. So I'm looking forward to it. Okay, Johnny, last question. What have I not asked you that you would have hoped I would have asked you so that you could have talked about? Oh, man, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's a tough question. That's the toughest question today. Uh, I don't, I don't really have anything. You've, you've, you've covered it. You've covered my whole career, I guess. I guess uh, probably, uh, you know, maybe some of the things that uh, I've seen uh, or that I've uh, encountered in my in my 40 years, but there's too many to mention. I, I just, I don't know if I could narrow it down to one anyway, so probably best not to ask that. What about that first time you had to clean that, clean that, uh, that was it the oil, um, the, the grease, there's that grease, <laughs> the oil sump at Weber. The, yeah. The, 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 <clears throat> the infamous oil sump. Were, were you, were you thinking like, why, why am I doing, do I really want, <laughs> do I really want this job? Oh, sure. Sure. When, you know, some of the, some of the jobs that I, uh, <clears throat> did, um, when I first started, uh, sure that goes through your mind, but, uh, it was so interesting, uh, the first power plant I had ever been in, the first hydro power plant, was the one that I started to work at on the day I started to work. So um, I was really green, really didn't know what I was getting into. Uh, but I went home at the end of that first day with like a, wow, I get to do this from now on. And uh, I was just amazed. And, and that's pretty much what 40 years has been. I've it's just an interesting career. I, I feel like that there should be a a certificate that all the the people who have to do that after they do it the first time receive. <laughs> kind of like the the Navy has their their shellbacking ceremony for when people go across the equator on right. ships. I feel like there should be like a a, a some kind of a, a ceremony where you've inducted them into the. Into the grease. Yeah, maybe <laughs> the, the there should be. <laughs> maybe there should be. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll move. Well, you can you can suggest that to your successor. 
Hey, if you work in a power plant, you're going to get dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you uh, so much, Johnny. I, I, I really, I really do appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us and, um, it's, it's pretty quiet today. So that's, that's good. And, um, so uh, I appreciate it, Brennan, and likewise, uh, thank you for taking your time to, to come down and talk with me. You're welcome. Anytime, anytime, Johnny. Hopefully we'll see you in retirement, too. Maybe, oh, yeah. Maybe I'll uh, catch you fishing. <laughs> there you go. I'll be back. Thank you for joining us for Corestruction. Corestruction is a production of the Tulsa District U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Public Affairs Office. This episode of Corestruction is brought to you by the powerhouse at Eufaula Dam. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.